Hello, this is Finus, and this is Reading with Finus. So that's cool that I'm Finus. Um, reading African Myths of Origin. Uh, follow me at Everything's Just Fine. Yeah. I get, what's on my mind right now is the New Year's coming. And I'm always really excited and geared towards the new year because I like to set goals for myself. And just been thinking about goals I can put in. I'm trying to think about work to want to put in work. That's what I'm thinking about. Uh, well, let's speaking of getting in, putting in work. Let's put in work on this book. Let's keep reading. I'm sure I'm gonna mispronounce some words. Today's story is the Great Lakes Part Two, the story of Wam. Wamar Baya. <clears throat> this is the intro, and then we'll get into the story. The Baya live on southwestern shores of Lake Victoria, Victoria Nyazana, and in former times were divided into several principalities or kingdoms. Kazaba, I, I gar. I Ganger and Yusi. Much material from their tradition of origin is shared with neighboring peoples. Kentu is the central figure. Proof of a common origin, at least the ruling dynasty and their idioms of power. The Baya are also noted for their iron working. King Kunta. Is this Kunta? Wow, from the Kunta from from Kendrick that I know. Maybe this is it. Let's see. A jackal came at night and yapped around the compound of King Wamar, just uh, distributing his sleep, disturbing his sleep. And so Wamar and his two principal chief, Arugang and Mug, Mugasha, went out hunting for the animal. They quickly started it from the bush, and then their dogs pursued it as it led them on a course which ended in a cave. Following the trail, Wamar, Mugasha, and Aringa found themselves in an underground world, a place they had never seen before. This was the land of Kintu, um, whose rule beneath the earth, Kintu ordered the strangers to be brought before him and then greeted them politely. He asked them where they had come from and who they were, and Wamara answered. Then Kintu offered them food. Fearful, Wamara ordered Mug Mugasha and Arunga to taste it first. Kenta's servants brought banana, beer, and goat meat. Mugasha was unable to stomach this food and threw up, but Arung tasted it, found it delicious, and recommended it, it to his king. Then Kentu's servants brought in a Kitara cow, one of the beautiful longhorn cows with brilliant white coat, attended by a maiden who milked her before the visitors. Kentu offered them the milk. Wamara told Mugasha not to bother tasting it because he trusted 
Iringa's opinion. Iringa drank a bit from the bowl and then told his king, of all that we have been offered here, this is the best. Wemara tasted the milk and fell in love with the cow. Kintu expressed surprise and, uh, that they did not have such provisions in their world above the ground and then invited them to stay. For nine days they remained in Kintu's caves and during the time Mugasha wandered through Kintu's domain and saw his people cultivating fields and growing different crops. He collected the seeds of the different crops that he encountered. Kintu, meanwhile, assembled a herd of cattle and goats, and when the time had come for Wamar to return to his kingdom, Kintu offered to send the livestock up with Wamara, on condition that Wamara send back the servants, including the maiden who intended the Katara cow, and that he, he should not forget to thank Kintu for the gifts. They returned home and found some of the followers still waiting outside the cave. Then they returned to the court. Mugasha set about planting the seeds he had brought with him, assisted by his wife. Wemar shared the milk from the cattle with his household and showed his wives how to, how to anoint themselves with butter so that their skins glistened. How he would s sit admiring the Katarak cow, the pride of his herd, and the servants heard him say, I should die if I lose her. But despite his love of the cattle, Wemara forgot to give thanks to Kintu for his gifts, and beneath the earth, Kintu became, impa became impatient. Eventually, he asked the servants which of them would go to punish the humans for their forgetfulness. Rufu, death presented himself. He would go and remind the humans of their debt. But when Rufu came to Wamar's court, Wamar's men beat him mercilessly with sticks, and he and he was forced to flee. Whenever he did, whenever he hid, where, wherever he hid, they found him and beat him, until he came across the maiden from Kintu's land who watched over the cow. She took him beneath her wrap and hid him inside her vagina, and he escaped the per, uh, the pursuers. Later, he came out and seized the opportunity to drag the Karat cow into the swamp so that it drowned. And then people remembered that they had heard Wamar say that he would die if he ever lost the Karat cow. Wamar went to his followers to the swamp and threw himself into the morass. Aragu and the other servants followed him. After their deaths, Wamar, Mugasha, and Arangun, Arangu became Bachwazi, spirits watching over humans. Mugasha in particular is associated with the lakes and its storms, but he is also thanked for the food he provided for the people. The end. That was in that story. That was good. That was Reading with Finest. Thank you. Follow me and everything's just fine. Today's the day. Enjoy yourself.